Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. As always, I'm your host, Victoria, and today we are going to be digging into the topic of differentiation in your business. How is your business standing out? What are your business's unique selling points? And this conversation was, I was reminded of this through a conversation I had with one um, uh, investor and consultant who reminded me of a book that I hadn't read for many, many years, which is called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, which is a really wonderful book to read through if you are a founder or running a marketing team. It's a really timeless book. And a lot of marketing books tend to sort of get outdated quickly. And this one just really boils down to the big philosophical concepts about marketing that really never change. And through this conversation, I was reminded of the story of uh, Charles Lindbergh, who was the first person, the first pilot to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. And this is an example from the book. And what's interesting about this is in the book, it it talks a little bit about Lindbergh and sort of the story of his flight and how famous that was and how much attention it garnered. And then talks a little bit about Bert Hinkler. Now, Bert Hinkler was the second person to perform a nonstop flight across the Atlantic and actually happened just a few weeks after Charles Lindbergh's um, flight. And we all know the name Lindbergh, right? Maybe you don't remember or know exactly what the name, you know, denotes, right? What what this, who Charles Lindbergh was, but you do recognize the name. And so Bert Hinkler's name kind of doesn't get remembered, doesn't really get that much attention because he was not the first, Right. And then after Charles Lindbergh, we know Amelia Earhart, right? And Amelia Earhart, of course, was the first woman to fly across the Atlantic, right? Okay, so in the book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, this example is given because in business, right, and for marketing, it is incredibly valuable to be the first at something, okay, to have a a real um, differentiation to what you're doing, okay? So, of course, there are many people that at that point when Charles Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic, there were many people that had done um, flights across the continental U.S., right? And the first person to fly across the continental U.S. was probably, and forgive me because I don't know who that was, um, but again, that person probably garnered a lot of attention, was really kind of a big deal, right? And then that became really um, common. And so 
when the first flight across the Atlantic Ocean happened, that was the next big piece of news. It was something new. It was something different, right? And there's so much value in having something that is new and that is different. But in today's market, where there's pretty much everything, I mean, anything you could think of probably already exists, there's also value in creating a new category. So this would be the example of Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart was not the first person to cross the Atlantic, okay, but she was the first woman. And she went down in history for creating a brand new category in an area of something that has already been done. So this idea of differentiation really got me thinking this week because when I, my process when I work with one-on-one clients is I always start with something called brand clarity, right? We gather all of the branding materials that the client had done before with various maybe graphic designer or previous marketing um, team members or consultants. The purpose of which is for to get me on the same page as you know the rest of the team with the brand values and um, you know the mission and all of that stuff. But more often than not, in that process, we come across this idea of differentiation, right? And I'm always looking for in this process, you know, not only what the brand does right? Not that mission statement and, you know, what the product or service is and how they service the client, the things they're good at, right? But what is the unique selling point? What is the thing that's actually new and exciting about the business? And this conversation also reminds me of the book, the very famous book by Jim Collins called Good to Great. In Good to Great, he talks about something called the hedgehog concept, okay? So there's, you know, in in 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, we're talking about, okay, being the first, right? But there's also great value in being the best, right? That also puts you in the category of, um, of really standing out, right? Being the best at something. And so... If you have a product that has a lot of competition, we want to look at these two things, either uh, creating a new category or a new topic within whatever the uh, vertical that your product is in, right? Doing something different. Or as Jim Collins would suggest that uh, in his hedgehog concept, concept is being the best in the world at something. And so when I'm working with clients and what I pose to you all today on the podcast is thinking about your business, right? And I know, I know that it's hard enough to sort of make the thing and get it to market. I appreciate how difficult that is and how uh, much of a learning curve there is for founders to actually get to that point. But what really is the pain, what is really the pity, is that if you get to that point where your product is to market, right, and it doesn't sell, there's usually a few things that you need to consider. I think looking at your competitive landscape is a really important and valuable exercise. Part of the brand clarity work I do when onboarding new clients is to look at that competitive landscape and see what other Uh, what other companies are doing within 
the cons the comp set but also within kind of the sandbox right who's playing in the same sandbox as you it doesn't have to be exactly a direct competitor but you want to have a really good handle on what's going on around you right in your business and, and around your brand and through that exercise i i also like to do something called a, which is a perceptual map right um, where you kind of look at these competing brands and how they are viewed in the market, right? So some companies, basic, uh, for example, compete on price. Others compete on, you know, quality. Others compete on perhaps innovation. And you want to get a good idea of where these competitors and these sandbox brands sit in whatever the perceptual map you want to create, right? You can look at a couple different categories. I mentioned price and um and innovation, right? But maybe there's some adjectives that are unique to your particular vertical, right? And you want to understand, compared to those companies, where does your brand, where does your company sit? And in doing that exercise, the point of it is to start thinking about what really differentiates you from your competitors. There's so much noise out there. And there's a lot of ways that we can differentiate ourselves, right? Now, we can differentiate our brand through the actual product and service. The product and service that we create could be so innovative and new that that, um, that, that makes the product and service very attractive, right? It could be something that's never been done before. Another option, which I've seen, which is really interesting, is utilizing the founder's story as being a differentiator as well. And I always think about Warby Parker. Warby Parker has like a really interesting founder story. Um, I think there's about three, three partners or four in Warby Parker and the whole story about why they started Warby Parker. And of course, they're competing on price because Warby Parker's like positioned as being um, an alternative an alternative to really overpriced sunglasses and and rating glass and eyeglasses but the story is really memorable of how one of the founders was you know on a trip and had these really beautiful and expensive Prada sunglasses that he ended up sitting on and breaking in the middle of the trip and didn't have um, sunglasses for the trip. And it was, it kind of like sparked this idea of why do sunglasses have to be so expensive? And that sort of was the catalyst for building the whole company. But they use that founder story a lot in their PR communications to sort of build the connection with the audience of the brand, right? And that story again is a unique selling point because there are many copies of Warby Parker which with kind of like similar product and like similar price point and just as cool and hip but Warby Parker has that differentiator of a that unique story but then of course they were sort of the first but there's also examples of founder stories as being the basis for the growth of the brand and one example that comes to mind here is Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow. So Gwyneth Paltrow was one of the first celebrities to really use her influence to build a brand, like a true brand that went beyond just, you know, the one celebrity as the personality or the spokesperson. Um, Goop built a whole media company 
around the persona of Gwyneth Paltrow and her ability to curate really interesting experiences and products. And she's been really clever in building out a whole team that can communicate her, basically her as a as a brand, like personifying her within the brand. And she's been able to have incredible success with leveraging that story. And there's plenty of other examples of personalities, right? Influencers are a really great example as well. One I think of is um, Instagram influencers like Sincerely Jules, which is like a fashion influencer who's become quite a fashion icon who has now, you know, a line of accessories at Target or a lot of these influencers are now getting their own clothing brands because of their personality, right? That's an example of taking the personal, um, you know, the founder of the company and just sort of leveraging that as the unique selling point of the business. And the third example, right? So we can kind of leverage the 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 novelty of being new or innovative in what the product or service actually is, um, then we can kind of differentiate based on the founder story, okay? And then, again, we see this in a lot of different sort of influencer stories that pop up. But we can also differentiate our businesses by our customer service and the way that we interact with customers. And, of course, like a really famous example of this is Zappos, the shoe company. And Zappos is really just an online retailer for shoes, which isn't all that exciting. What is really the way in which they've stood out is they took Jim Collins' advice to heart on his hedgehog concept and went all the way with um, improving, creating, improving, creating, um, innovating what it means to have good customer service. And their success is really based on the fact that they've garnered so much attention for the quality of their customer service and the experience that the buyer has when they purchase from Zappos. So I want you to have a think about your own business, what really differentiates your business from your comp- uh, from your competitors, um, from the other businesses in your sandbox, because without a real point of differentiation, it's going to be much, much more difficult to gain traction in your business, much more expensive to gain traction in your business. Because if your business is not special or unique in any way, who ends up winning in that case is the one that has the loudest voice. And usually the ones with the deepest pockets are the ones that can afford to have the loudest voice, right? That's just, you know, about taking out a heck of a lot of advertising. And that's a good short term strategy. But if your product is not unique, and really amazing, or has something really special to it, um, there's not going to be a guarantee for long-term success. Now, if you're sitting here listening to the podcast, feeling a little bit worried because you are so busy pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into 
actually producing the thing that you do and you haven't thought too much about differentiation, don't worry because it's not too late. It's something that you can constantly be striving towards and iterating and improving upon. In fact, in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, um, he, he cites a lot of examples of huge corporations like huge companies like Walmart and Radio Shack and the ways in which CEOs over time had come in and to sort of improve and update uh, this, you know, he calls it the hedgehog concept, but kind of their their co competitive edge, right? So you can kind of um, look at the hedgehog concept like a competitive edge. But I'll link up all uh, resources to Jim Collins' website, and he has like a bunch of really helpful videos and articles. But to kind of summarize, um, the hedgehog concept is a really simple way to kind of discover what the different the different differing factors of differentiation uh the cutting edge that your business should lean into okay and actually if you feel like you haven't quite found that edge yet and you have been in operation for a while and you have paying customers right you want to get everything to the next level i think it's actually really helpful to have that data to kind of you know not have to worry so much about that competitive edge before you launch your product because you're going to learn a heck of a lot as your product is out in the market. But when it becomes time and you're thinking like, what can I, what should I be doubling down on to really get maximum benefits, right? Or maximum opportunity uh, for my business. And of course, customer feedback plays a big role in this. But the, in the hedgehog concept, it's sort of a Venn diagram where we're looking at three different things. The first, you think of you as a founder, you as the leader. What do you feel most passionately about? Because there has to be that part of it. It can't just be the feedback that you're getting if it's opposed to what really turns you on. Because your business is you. It's an extension of you. It's it's what you spend your whole day doing and thinking about. And so it's really important whatever way you lean into in your business is something that you feel deeply connected to because that's going to make a difference. It could be that you want to lean into something that could be very economically viable, but it goes against your values or goes in opposition of what you're really interested in. If you don't follow your passion, you're going to run out of steam. So you have to take into consideration your passion. So in the diagram, uh, you know, what are you passionate about? That's one circle of the Venn diagram. The next circle you can think about, you could write in it, actually, what drives your economic engine? So we want to look at what are your products or services? And where's that 80-20? Where is the majority of your income coming from? And take a look at how you can improve, lean into that particular product or service. Because according to the 80-20 rule, many and proven in many businesses that only 20% of a product uh, 
a product um, suite, only 20% of a product suite or 20% uh, like of a particular service um, menu are the ones that drive the majority of the revenue. And so you want to really cut out sort of the stuff that are not really generating a lot of revenue for you and double down on improving or making the best in the world your product or service that really does do well. So what's driving your economic engine? That makes sense. We can't just go do the things that we're passionate about that don't actually bring revenue into our business. That's going to make zero sense. And then the third one is, I think, what the hedgehog concept is most famous for. And if anyone's ever talking about the hedgehog concept, they're usually talking about this piece, which is the third piece, the third circle. And inside, ask the question, what can you be the best in the world at? And there we have it, right? It's sort of the intersection of those three concepts. And in the middle of that will come your answer. That will be your hedgehog strategy. What could you be the best at the world at, best in the world at? right? If the brand is centered around you as a person like Gwyneth Paltrow, well, you could be the best of the world at being you, right? Just lean more into you, you as a brand. If you're Zappos, what could you be the best at the world at? Well, they chose customer service. They're going to be the best in the world at customer service. And you can see companies like Amazon that actually followed suit and have develop their own philosophy quite similar to the one of Zappos. And actually, it's quite trendy to have a lot of a lot of founders that I run into say they want to also mirror the best practices of Zappos because of the success that they've had through leading into that, um, into that one, that one thing. So I encourage you sort of take these, take a look at the hedgehog concept, think about how you can differentiate your business. How can you really stand out? How could you be unique in the marketplace? And lean into that. Lean into it and utilize it for marketing and sales. And the last thing that I'll say on this, because this is a really important piece. Marketing and sales is all about consistency. So take your time with this. Uh, exercise. Because the reality is, if you're going to change direction, or you're going to double down on a particular service or product or idea for your business or your brand, it's something you're going to have to stick to. You're going to have to go enthusiastically into that direction and not turn back. And turning back, I would say, only in the most extreme of circumstances, because the more that you pivot and change the messaging in your business, the more difficult it's going to be to gain traction, to gain loyal fans, and to actually grow. And it's one mistake that founders make all the time. And if you've made this mistake, you're not alone. I've also made this mistake. It is scary to go enthusiastically into one direction and don't look back and cut off all other options. It is a it is an act of bravery to do that. Because our natural tendency is to be everything to everyone and to seize every opportunity. But what happens when you do that is you never actually gain that momentum and strength. 
you're just kind of mediocre, right? Trying to be everything to everyone is just a way of being really mediocre in the world. And especially in today's market, where there are so many businesses, and there's so many products, and there's so many product categories. It's like, man, you better really have a plan for how you're going to stand up, uh, stand out and be different and really add value in a unique way to your audience, to your customers. So I would love to hear from you. Please send me a DM, uh, comment on the blog post on the, on the site, uglyventures.com. Did you do the hedgehog exercise or did you go through this practice and have you found what you could be the best at the world, uh, best in the world at? Have you found your hedgehog concept? Have you developed a new product category that you can really be the innovative forerunners in? Um, have you been trying, you know, head down to kind of gain traction with that unique selling point and having a hard time doing so? I would love to hear from you. You can catch me on LinkedIn any day, um, on Instagram, at Uncle Ventures is the handle. And I can't wait to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast. We'll be continuing to dig in to juicy concepts that are going to help you grow your business. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member and i hope that you found this helpful if you did like this episode it would mean so so much to me if you subscribed if you rate and review this podcast it helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying it also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on instagram and tag me at ugly ventures u-g-l-i ventures v-e-n-t-u-r-e-s I am always so appreciative to hear from you, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.